Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey guys, I had somebody email me about the CTL podcast from beginning of March and then he started talking about VO2 max and it kind of went down a wormhole of something interesting that I wanted to talk about. So this athlete said, hey, that was an interesting podcast on chronic training load and it really got me thinking about CTL. I used to heavily focus my training around CTL to slowly increase it in manageable doses to minimize overloading myself and this increase worked well, although it was mainly done through increasing zone two endurance riding. I'm now doing things differently. I'm doing my endurance blocks, FTP slash threshold blocks, and now I'm doing a VO2 max block, all while ignoring CTL, as I've been told it's a good guide for eyeballing, but not all CTL is created equally. My VO2 max block consists of three VO2 max workouts a week. Ouch. Done over three consecutive days. Ouch. I've been told they become increasingly aerobic when done over consecutive days, question mark, question mark, question mark. The rest of the week is active recovery or very easy Z2, and a typical VO2 max workout includes around 20 minutes time in zone, but I'm extending these to 90 to 120 minute sessions with additional Z2. Then we go into uh, bold, bold font here. But I've seen my CTL nosedive as a result of this block. Should I be concerned? Back to regular font. My weekly hours have probably reduced by 25 to 30%. Should I be pushing my recovery days for longer sessions? Are there benefits to this or do I risk not being ready for that following week? Any advice would be great. So first off, there's a lot going on in here. Obviously, we want we, we know from the other podcast, CTL is a rough, rough guide, and it is not race readiness. It is technically, quote-unquote, fitness. You heard about that from, um, gosh, um, Cody Stevenson in the Training Peaks podcast that we did together. That was great. CTL is not race readiness. I've posted about this in many different blogs and videos about you know, people see their CTL going down before a race and they freak out. That's 100% normal. What I want to talk about is this guy's three VO2 workouts where someone told him they become increasingly aerobic when done over consecutive days. I've actually never even heard that. 
And I'm I'm not one to be like, that's wrong because I haven't heard it. But my intuition, and, and I want to talk about this and I'll share my email with him, with you, the listener. But that just doesn't seem like good information because you're looking at some a statement that I would see maybe more in the micro on a in a workout level like your efforts become more aerobic as you do them because you're burning off anaerobic capacity but doing them day after day you're just showing up more tired so you're probably putting out less watts the other thing i definitely want to highlight is no i would not extend recovery days for longer sessions because then you're what not recovering you're just riding more and then you'll really be tanking yourself so I had asked him, okay, just curious, what are the three days of the VO2 max workouts like? Because 20 minutes time in zone is really good, especially if he's hitting that on the third day. Although, why? Why is this three days in a row? You know, I've never heard of this. It becomes more aerobic. I can't see how this, where this is coming from. Um, now again, if someone had mentioned to him that you have to do a hard anaerobic effort first, meaning zone six or sprinting or something like that to burn that off, then I could see that, you know, you're technically on a 20 minute test supposed to do a five minute full gas effort. But honestly, that, uh, is still, that's an aerobic effort. I would say if you're going to burn off we won't go down this wormhole. I mean, really, maybe you just need to do like a two-minute effort instead of a five-minute effort. But anyways, as he mentions, his hours are down because of this. So I'm a volume person. I don't not don't say that meaning you need to ride 20 hours, but you will... Uh, You'll be your best cyclist if you ride as much as you are able to ride. So when you are doing three super hard VO2 workouts, but then you have to rest so much because they are so hard and you aren't riding hard enough, or you aren't riding as long, I struggle to see why you wouldn't want to just back it off a little bit. And even if you if you did two VO2 max sessions, that's a lot in a week, but then it would allow you to keep your volume up. So... I'm not sure if I buy what he's telling me and the chronic training load. I, I tell him, hey, man, I wouldn't worry about it, though, because you're getting this super high intensity. But my question is still why? The other big reason why I have a why is sometimes we are told that one way is better than another, but it's like this super little cherry on top. But the cost, meaning you're overtraining, you're training too hard, you're giving yourself too much intensity, you don't have the training years behind you to really handle it. It and over training too much is different than overtraining, but training too much is where you just get stale. And you can get like, you know, one thing I tell people, hey, how's how's your sex drive? If that's like really tanking, you might be just riding too hard or too much. How is your are you happy when you wake up? Are you more like kind of blah, do you feel like you need more coffee than normal? If you're, if you feel like you are crushing coffee, whenever I have trained too much, I've caught myself thinking I should have more coffee when I know that's not gonna like perk me up and 
I'm most perked up by coffee when I already have energy. I hope you know what I mean. Like it's that you're like excited in the morning, you're making the coffee. Coffee doesn't do much for me if I'm like, oh, I'm tired. And I drink coffee. It's just like, oh, I'm still kind of tired, but had a little coffee. So find those gauges that you can use to better understand yourself as you go through different cycles of training. My initial, I'm, so I'm curious what he's going to sp- say back, but I, my last sentence was, hey, I'd really stick to thinking about the volume, keeping the hours up, and using a little bit more variation in the stimulus. So the uh, the three consecutive days thing, he goes, so the reason is, this is what a friend told me to do, haha. So the the workouts that he was doing were a four-minute step down, which is more like, it's like your VO2 maxing and then backing off. Um, the next one was a four-by-four four hard start. So that's not 20 minutes time in zone. That's actually impossible to get 20 minutes time in zone because you're only going hard for 16 minutes and you're not going to, the hard start, okay, maybe you get, three minutes and 45 seconds out of it if you really do jam it got 45 seconds a minute and a half seven and a half so 15 minutes of time and zone and then he's going to do some bossy intervals i've done a podcast about these that are it looks like it was three he sent me pictures Three hard surges. He doesn't, uh, he does five of these. Sorry, guys, I should have looked through this more closely. It's basically like Tabata's, but you go above threshold, like a hard start, and then you come down just under threshold. Um, And he didn't give me more detail. So the other issue that he replies back in this email. So I started this last week. I hadn't done VO2 max since last September. So this is kind of a new stimulus for me. I mostly just did endurance with FTP blocks. Dude, you don't need to throttle yourself like this. Like this is just so much to pour on after coming back from not having ever done this. That's another huge red flag that he didn't mention beforehand. That's why it's always good to ask somebody, what have you been doing? What's the training history? That's like when we do a PFA for somebody, there's a lot of what, let us understand where you've been. Because if we don't know that, I can't help you to steer your ship. It's like, you know, if somebody came up and said, hey, I want to go race in F1 Grand Prix. And I'm like, okay, there's a race next week. I don't know if they have a Honda. I don't know if they have an F1 car. I don't know what kind of training they've done. Like, you know, you just, you can't help someone if you don't know where they've been. So, and that's just good to know. Like when you're doing stuff with your training buddy, look at his history first. That is crucial. Um, And then last thing don't he's he's talking about you know the third day is definitely harder than the first and now that i'm seeing the type of vo2 workouts that he's doing they're not really the best vo2 workouts like this step down is like it kind of starts hard but then it gets easier down to to threshold it is a vo2 workout um i shouldn't say it's not good i think there's just 
better ones that he could be choosing and I would actually take that one out and probably do the hard start and the bossy intervals and then um I'm pausing here because I'm reading the end of this email you know it sounds like you got to be careful where you get information from just like me I'm just one n of one I'm just talking about on this podcast my training. I talk about my athletes' training. I talk about emails that people send in to me. I'm just one person. So definitely do your own research on what I'm putting out there. I just have a lot of experience in doing this and in, in working with athletes with a lot of different backgrounds. And so I get emails like this. It's, you know, I'm in the forums just quietly reading what people are talking about. So yeah, I have a good 30,000 foot overview of what's going on, but you know, my recommendations are just for me. So fact checked everything. And basically, end of the day, we kind of came to the same uh, sort of what, what's the takeaway from here? He's going to see how this goes because he started it. And I'm like, hey, man, if you want to finish doing this, go for it. Just make sure you don't get don't you don't start feeling bad um you know he wants to do this for three weeks straight that sounds horrible to me it sounds not fun who wants to do three vo2 max workouts in a week and then you're also not getting to ride one of the best parts of riding is you get to go out you do your intervals and you get to ride and then you get to look forward to the weekend i mean who was the athlete in the podcast a month ago where he does tuesday and wednesday hard days Purely so, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday are just riding endurance or a ride with a friend that's not a hammer fest. I'm with you, man. That's what I'm looking forward to. Now that it's race season, one of my weekend rides is harder, so I have some of that race specificity and you know, race brain and reacting to other athletes and not just going out and doing intervals. There's definite benefit to that, in my opinion. So, But that's because I'm training to race. I'm not just training to increase an FTP number or and I'm not knocking people that are doing that I'm just saying that's why I choose to incorporate some super fast group rides and that's one caveat they have to be super fast so is there man and you know what one of his questions was is there a max CTL that was actually the um, subject line of his email and we talked about this at one point. The CTL, the max, I mean, it's just a mathematical equation, so it depends how much you ride. There are some crazy numbers that have been spout out there from pros that were training for spring classics and doing just five to six hour rides for, you know, weeks on end. I think the highest I've seen is in myself. Let's take a look. Back in the day, I don't ride... Uh, I don't want to say as much. I ride a lot still, but I don't ride as many big mega rides. So my chronic training load is usually around 160 to 170. And if I try to pull up here all past workouts, I want to say that at one point I was at one almost 190. 187 I'm seeing back in June of 20 just riding a ton so but yeah slowly been building up 
started out this year down at like 130 after Ecuador. But yeah, do big rides when you can do them. All right, we got a little, uh, this was kind of off the cuff, so apologies for a few pauses here and there, but um, I just thought it was interesting and I wanted to share. See ya.